This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. power. The plan is that you'll receive power. Power. Not power for power's sake, but power to be. That really impacted me this time as I studied this passage. Because you know what? So often we think in terms of, you know, God giving us power to do, power to produce. When Jesus left for heaven, He commanded that the disciples wait in Jerusalem for the promised Holy Spirit, which would give them the power to fulfill the Great Commission. In today's message, Pastor Robert reminds us that the power of God is not like man's definition of power. The spirit of power advances Christ's kingdom on earth with love and gentleness. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. This is the plan. You know, we'll do this. We'll go over here. You know, we'll have lunch over here. And the disciples needed a plan. Are you going to restore the kingdom now? Guys, ease up about the kingdom. That's the Father's plan. He's not revealed the day or the hour when he intends to do this. Here's what he has revealed. Here's the plan for you. You need to wait in Jerusalem. You need to wait. Just go wait. What do you want us to do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Don't do anything. You'll mess it up. Just wait. Look at what he says. Verse 4, being assembled together with him, he commanded them. This was not a suggestion. It was not a request. It was a direct order from the master. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Wait for what? Wait for the promise of the Father which he had talked to them about. He had explained it to them. He had told them about it. What's this promise of the Father? Well, in Joel chapter 2, the prophet Joel, God speaking through him in verse 28, had promised them, it shall come to pass afterward in the last days. He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And we know that this is exactly what he was talking about when it happened, when there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit at the Feast of Pentecost. And the different people who were there and saw what was going on and heard it were confused by what was happening. And, and Peter clarified it to them. Peter said, This is what's taking place. This is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy, what you've witnessed. 
is God being faithful and fulfilling his word. So we know that's what he was talking about. The plan, Jesus said, is for you to wait until God keeps his promise. Because this is the season. You're the ones who've been chosen to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's always been baffling to me. And, and you have to understand, I grew up in a church before I was a Christian, but I grew up in a church that taught that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the, the miraculous working of the Holy Spirit was only for these times prior to the Bible being canonized. It was only for the apostles and for that era. And, and the term baptism of the Holy Spirit has been such a controversial term. And I guess that's because it, it was primarily associated with the so-called Pentecostal churches that focused on Pentecost and focused on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and focused, and to be honest, in some ways misunderstood and misrepresented it a little bit. There was a focus on the emotion and, and on you know a lot of the sensational things that happen when people just kind of give their emotions free reign. But the baptism, the terminology, baptism of the Holy Spirit originated with Jesus. It was Jesus who said it. Now, if he said it, we need to not argue with him. There's a, there's, a, there's a description there that he deliberately chose. I mean, remember, he's, this is God in the flesh choosing a word. We need to pay attention when God chooses a word. Baptism, what does it mean? The idea of baptism, it, 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 it means that, that you're surrounded by, you're immersed in. Luke tells us that Jesus said to the disciples, he says, I want you to wait. Don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father, which you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But there's a word picture that he's given them. There's an understanding that he wants them to have, to grasp that what is going to take place in their lives is going to be similar to what John did. What did John do? Well, apparently, he took people out into the Jordan River, and when they acknowledged their guilt before God, he would put them under the water, symbolizing all of that being washed away, death and burial of the old man, and then you know they'd stand up, and, and there's a brand new person there rising, as it were, from the watery grave. But there's that complete immersion in water. You're surrounded by water, engulfed by water. And he says in the same way, you're going to be surrounded by, engulfed with the Holy Spirit. You know what I've realized? A lot of times, as I'm driving down 95, the people that are around me if we're in traffic or the construction traffic over here on US-1, far too often, it's not the Holy Spirit that people encounter when they encounter me. It's my spirit, which can be less than holy, practically speaking, at times. Now, don't look at me like I'm a Martian, because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Had a conversation with a brother just this morning back in the pastor's office because he's, he's mad. He's just angry. Okay, I understand. You know, anger's valid. Anger is not sin. 
But sometimes we act sinfully on our emotion, don't we? That's not holy, is it? You follow me? He wants us to be engulfed, engulfed in his spirit. You know, and, and I heard a teacher talking about this. You know, when, when you come up out of the water, you know, we go down to the Atlantic, we do baptisms, and, and usually there's 20, 30, 40 people that go, and, and, and maybe there's half a dozen people being baptized, and, you know, a guy comes up out of the water rejoicing that, you know, he's made it public now that he's going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's just soaking wet, and, you know, somebody gives him a big hug, and guess what happens? In a little while, everybody's wet. Everybody's wet. Because it's all over. The water's all over you. People come in contact with that water. It's because it's all over you. You're soaked. It's dripping off your nose, out of your hair, off your clothes. That's the picture. That's the relationship that he's talking about with the Holy Spirit of the living God. Now, that's the plan that he had for him. You need to wait for this because you're going to receive power. The plan is that you'll receive power. Power. Not power for power's sake, but power to be. That really impacted me this time as I studied this passage. Because you know what? So often we think in terms of, you know, God giving us power to do, power to produce, right? I mean, it's a prayer, a daily prayer of mine. Lord, I want to be fruitful. Make me fruitful. I want to be fruitful. But what does that mean? Often in our thinking, it means doing things, doing stuff, performing, producing. And that's not what he says. That's not what he's talking about. Power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be, you shall be my witnesses. What he's saying is that he wants to do such a work in our lives that he wants to overflow us and engulf us to such a degree that our very existence impacts everyone around us. I think about that in light of the apostles in the early church. Do you think that was true with those people? Absolutely it was. Their very existence was confrontational. The life that they lived was challenging, impacting. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited. God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He is doing, and we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's Word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Now here's Tracy with some information about the Main Thing Radio podcast.
Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.